This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, what a great literary artist St. Luke is. And what a gem he's given us in our gospel story for this weekend, the conversion of Zacchaeus. I'm recording these words actually on the Feast of St. Luke, and uh, Luke is just one of my heroes. And, and the older I get, the more I spend time with the Gospels, the more I have come to admire Luke and his great uh, artistry. This account of Zacchaeus is an historical account to be sure, but as is the case with all the Gospel uh, accounts, it's also carefully embellished to bring out its deep theological and spiritual meaning. What I mean is, is this account of Jesus talking to Zacchaeus was, was in the memory of the church. By the time it got to Luke, and by the time it, it came out now as a story from Luke, all of the iconic and spiritual and theological significance of it is brought forward, and that's part of the artistry of this author. I think we can see in this icon all the dynamics of conversion, what it means to be converted to Christ, what it looks like, what it feels like, Luke gives us all that texture in the story. We hear first that Jesus was passing through Jericho. Now, I know before I've told you that Jericho is a spiritual symbol in the Bible. Because the Israelites in the Old Testament come into the promised land and they have to conquer Jericho, knock down its walls, take it over. Jericho therefore becomes a symbol of sin. It's the city of sin. That's why... In the Good Samaritan story, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's a symbol of the fall of man, going down from from grace to sin. Well, see, the whole life and ministry of Jesus is an act of passing through Jericho. This is not just a journalistic description of where Jesus was going. Luke is using it now as a theological symbol. Jesus is passing through Jericho. But see, that's such good news because we are all citizens of Jericho. We're all sinners. The good news is that Christ comes to invade that country, to invade the city of sin, to seek out the lost. That's the whole purpose of the church, by the way, in imitation of Jesus, to move into Jericho and seek out those who are lost. Now, at the heart of this city of sin is a terrible sinner by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, I know you've heard a hundred sermons over the years. In fact, you heard one, if you're listening to me, last week about this, that tax collectors were especially hated figures in the Palestine of Jesus' time. You know, we think of tax collectors, we're not crazy about them, maybe IRS agents, but we don't think of them as wicked people. But they were indeed wicked people in Jesus' time because they were um, systematically cheating an already oppressed people. It's like when someone cooperates, collaborates with an oppressive power. Think of the uh, collaborateur in France 
during the Second World War. They were especially hated people, the French who cooperated with the Nazis. Well, that gives you some idea of what a tax collector was like. And Zacchaeus is described in the Greek as an architelones, which means a chief tax collector. You know, it's funny, in Greek, tekton means like a worker or a carpenter. An architecton would be a chief worker, hence our word architect from that. Well, Zacchaeus is an architelones. He's a chief tax collector. And more to it, Luke tells us, he's a wealthy man. What does that mean? It's code here, isn't it? That he's been massively cheating people out of their money. Massively abusing his own countrymen. Okay. Despite this wickedness, or perhaps because of it, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. That's Luke's beautiful line. We find this so often in the spiritual order. People who have wandered far away from God and from a godly life, but who secretly and powerfully seek after God and remain fascinated by him. You know, I hear from people every day on my YouTube forums. I do these commentaries on culture and books and movies and people can comment. So I get tens and tens of thousands of comments. But every day I get people who profess deep hatred for God, for religion, for the Catholic Church, the priesthood, everything else. And yet, and yet, they come back again and again to argue, to watch, to think. The great scriptural archetype here is Herod, who had, of course, arrested John the Baptist, but then, in his off moments, loved to hear him preach. See, that's the dynamic, isn't it? Maybe it's those who are most opposed to God, at least on the surface, who have this deepest hunger. Every one of us has been wired for God. And it is accordingly next to impossible finally to eliminate the hunger for God. Sometimes those who seem most estranged are the most entranced. That's why, you know, I often say it's not those who are bitterly opposed to religion who are my biggest worry. My biggest worry are those who just don't care. The fire has gone out. See, if someone's fighting me, I like that. It shows a little bit of spunk, a little bit of energy, and it shows deep down they are interested in the things of faith. Well, I think Zacchaeus is the patron saint of such people. Anyone out there listening to me right now that maybe feels a certain resonance with what I'm saying, pay attention to the story of Zacchaeus. He's your patron saint. Luke says he wanted to see the Lord but was prevented by the crowd. Remember, Zacchaeus is a man of short stature, and he's trying to see, but he can't see above the crowd. The crowd here symbolizes, I think, all those common attitudes and perspectives. In our day, it would be that bored secularism I was talking about, or rampant consumerism or materialism. These are the things that block us as we're trying to see who Jesus is. These get in the way. We might also see the crowd as symbolic of all those passions and distractions that come from within and drown out the religious voice. You know that I've taught people who who live through this. They have a hunger for God. But yet there's so many competing instincts and appetites and voices within them. 
and they find the religious hunger forgotten or drowned out. By the way, that's one reason why we fast, isn't it? Is to quiet those other hungers, those other appetites, so that the desire for God might arise. Here now is the great virtue of Zacchaeus. Even though he's a wicked man, his great credit is that he endeavors to overcome these obstacles. Luke tells us that he climbs a sycamore tree. It's a beautiful image, isn't it? This wealthy man, probably very well clothed. And if he's a wealthy man, um, we imagine he's been at this work for a while. He's probably at least a middle-aged man, if not older. So despite his age, I imagine him with a little bit of girth on him. Despite the fancy clothes he's wearing, he climbs the sycamore tree. Though it was difficult, though it was probably embarrassing, he moved, he acted, and this is decisive. There are people, maybe you're listening to me right now, who feel the religious tug, you feel that religious hunger, but you don't follow it. Maybe you're blocked by the crowd. I mean, you're blocked by these, these common attitudes. You're blocked by competing voices in you, and so you don't move. Zacchaeus is your patron saint. Do what he did. Oh, I, I couldn't do that. It'd be too embarrassing. What would people say about me? They think I'm a, I'm a jerk. I've been anti-religious all my life. So what? Zacchaeus accepted the difficulty and embarrassment of it, and he acted. Now, once he came into Jesus' line of vision, the Lord responded, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. Friends, here's the point, I think. All Jesus needs is the smallest move on our part. He always respects our freedom. This is never a game of, of coercion. But, but, he is ready to pounce the minute we are ready to open ourselves to him. See, there's the good news. Zacchaeus is a very bad man, very wicked man. He's been living a very ungodly life. But at the key moment, he was able to rouse himself to this action, and that's all Christ needed. That's all he needed. That's all he still needs, by the way. Anyone listening to me today that feels that Zacchaeus tug in him, that's all he needs. Jesus calls him by name. How wonderful, isn't it? That's how the Lord knows us, by the way. Not generically, not from a distance. He calls us by name. And he announces, without being invited, that he's coming to stay at Zacchaeus' house. House in the Bible is often a code for the self or the soul the place where in the most intimate sense we live. Here's the heart of the spiritual life. Jesus wants to live in us, to take up his dwelling in us. St. Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul, another Zacchaeus, by the way, right? A very bad man, a wicked man, presiding at the stoning of Stephen. And yet at the slightest openness. Jesus calls him by name, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he came to stay in Saul's house. The Lord wants to invade the whole of your life. Let me say it again. He wants to invade the whole of your life. Not just your mind and your will, but all of you. 
public life, your private life, your friendships, your relationships, your marriage, your job, everything. The Lord intends to move in. See, the trouble is, more than not, we want to keep him at bay. Or at best, allow him to move into maybe one little room off on a forgotten wing of the house. See, Lord, I'll be living in 95% of the house, but I'll let you have a room off there on the west wing someplace. You know, No, no, that's not it. The Lord wants to move into your house. I'm coming this day to stay at your house. And watch what happens now when he moves in. This man who'd spent his life defrauding his own people, who'd been accumulating his ill-gotten gains, who was wicked through and through, now announces, I will give half my possessions to the poor and repay four times over anyone I've defrauded. Now, mind you, that's a lot of money because this man is a professional defrauder. I'll pay four times over. You see what this is? How beautiful. Be careful once you allow the divine life to invade you. For the divine life, as I've often said, exists only in gift form. That's all God is. He is love. Therefore, when that love invades you, you become conformed to it. That's why the inrushing of grace always leads to the outpouring of love. There is the spiritual life. That's the very definition of salvation. Grace pours in and love therefore pours out. And that's why Jesus can say, today's salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man has come to seek out and save what was lost. There it is. Friends, revisit this story, especially those who might feel that odd tug of grace. Zacchaeus is your patron saint. Do what he did and you'll find your life transformed in just this way. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.